What is up, Greg? Not a lot. How are you doing today? I am doing okay. Hey, is it Monday already? It's Monday. It's medical oh, day. Oh, man. Back to work already? I know. I know. You're killing me. I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the weekend just started and then we have to go back to another Monday. Yeah. But uh, Mondays are now great because we got Medic Mondays. So. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm going to try to put a little spring in your step and uh, give you a little bit of good news. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not into blowing sunshine up your skirt, but, um, you know, we have a lot to be optimistic about, a lot to be hopeful for. Hey, we got Jesus. Amen. And God has a plan. And that plan is being worked out, even though it doesn't quite look like the plan that we had penciled out for ourselves uh that the plan is coming together yeah uh, i would agree it's yeah what i like what i like about god's plans are they're just superior to our plans in just about every way like if you and i sat down and tried to pencil out you know draw up a plan of how trump was going to take down the deep state it, it, it wouldn't be such a good plan yeah. Uh, but God is able to bring things together, bring people together, bring resources together, critical events in time. And it's just glorious to watch his plan be worked out <clears throat> in, in ways that people don't even understand what's happening until you look back at it and go, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, that kind of looks like that whole thing was sort of planned. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so uh, give us some goodness. We have a lot of news breaking. This kind of news breaking down here in Maricopa County. Um, and one thing I would like to ask people to do is to pray for uh, the weather and the firefighters. It's summer here in Arizona, and it's, it's always pretty, you know, nice weather, but we're in a stretch of where it looks like it's going to be between 115 and 120 every day. Oof. And we have uh, humidity right now is about 5%, which means 5%. Um, yeah. We summertime, we have five to 10% humidity with, you know, 115, 117 degrees. So uh, all the dead trees, limbs brush out there. It all dries up pretty fast. And we got some pretty big brush fires burning. Actually, I woke up this morning and the the, the sun was obliterated. It was red, and there was this big smoke plume rising up over the Superstition Mountains. There's a lot of fires out there, so people would pray that the fires would be controlled, contained, and put out. I, I would appreciate that. All right, um, well, well, Lord, we're just asking you to send some humidity, send some rain, 
Lord, uh, to not let the fire spread, and Lord, let your people be safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. And it's a hot summer in more than just um, you know, wildland fire season. It, it's kind of heating up here in Maricopa with the, the election audit yeah. coming, to a, coming to an end. So at last count, I think we had 13 yes. um, states have sent delegations and representatives down here to the Maricopa County audit, which is happening over at Veterans Coliseum. And we've got, let's see, Colorado, Washington, Missouri, Virginia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia. Who else is in the mix? A um, lot of some states and people didn't really expect sent uh, delegations here to check out what's going on. And we, we don't know that there's going to be audits in all of those states. Um, but the fact that the states are sending um, state senators and representatives over here is encouraging. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of online petitions that people are circulating to try to compel state legislatures to get involved and do forensic audits of their elections. I think, uh, I mean, I don't have any any data to, to back this up, although Dr. Frank does. <laughs> uh, if you listen to People like him, Bobby Python, uh, they've got they've got the data. They've done the analysis. You listen to people like uh, Colonel Waldron, and they can explain um, the information, uh, the data that they have, that suggests that the elections are rigged around the country in a, just about every state, probably every state. I can't imagine there being a state where the elections are run. <clears throat> 100% above board. I just can't see that happening. Uh, even in states like Texas, where you know they're pretty careful about the elections, I think there's still some, uh, probably some voter fraud or election fraud going on in states like Texas. So there's a lot of petitions that are circulating online. Um, if you live in a state where you think that there's election fraud, one of the things you can do is you know sign a petition and maybe donate some money to the people that are uh, trying to fund these audits. Uh, you know, the, the deep state has deep pockets. They have a lot of money. They can send attorneys out uh, to fight these audits. Uh, we don't have that much money on our side of the ledger. So um, word, word of mouth, you know, but getting the word out on social media is the way people learn about the audits and, and, and the efforts to get the audits going. But the other way that we, uh, the other action we need to take is, is to fund it personally, sending money to people and organizations that are trying to get these audits going. A good one example is Matt DiPerno up in Michigan in Antrim County. Matt DiPerno is, is fighting, uh, he's fighting an, an incredible battle. Um, all of the people in Michigan who are trying to get audits there are fighting a corrupt Secretary of State, a corrupt Attorney General. Uh, they're threatening to disbar attorneys who get involved in election audits. Um, there's there's a lot of pressure on these people, and they're fighting an uphill battle. and And they need financial resources. They need prayer, and they need support. So I, I would just kind of uh, encourage people to do what they can 
uh, to help these people out who are trying to bring transparency to elections on, on a nationwide basis. Mm-hmm. It's it's a spiritual war as much as it is, you know, a war in the natural. We, we know that forces of evil are, are doing everything they can to try to keep this nation enslaved in darkness. And the light is dawning. I think we're going to see a, a glorious future for our country if we do not give up, we don't quit. And if we continue in prayer and continue to support patriots who are doing everything they can to try to save this country from corrupt people. Mm-hmm. So uh, just looking around the country at what's happening, like I said, in Michigan, uh, they found some interesting, there's some interesting information there in Michigan. So Matt Perno has been looking at um, the ballots. He's looking at the Dominion machines, and they found out something very, very interesting with the uh, machines in other states. I believe it's Georgia. They found that there's an SQL um, mm-hmm. program on some of the machines in Georgia, which is the same problem they found in Antrim County, Michigan. They found this uh, SQL uh, program that allows access to the database from anyone. They say that these machines are connected to the internet. We know that they are. If it has a, a SQL server on it, um, it can be, the database can be manipulated. Anyone can connect to it, get in there, change the database, change the information, flip mm-hmm. the votes. So they found that in Michigan, they also found it on machines in Georgia. I would imagine if they start looking at these machines around the country, they're gonna find them on a lot of machines. Yeah. And it, it's interesting to follow this because there's more information coming out uh, every week about the different ways in which they can manipulate the votes, uh, the Easter eggs. Yeah, the <laughs> Easter eggs. Talk about that a little bit. Well, yeah. So an Easter egg is, in terms of coding, computer coding, it is, it's a secret uh, bit of code that isn't known to most users, that the function of it is not known to to the average person. Uh, You have to know that the code's there and you have to know how to access it and what it does. But um, the Easter egg can do little tricks that you would not think would be possible uh, on on a normal computer system. So, uh, you know, for example, if you're playing video games, um, an Easter egg is if you're in a level and you're facing the level boss and you're trying to defeat this boss, well, there might be a program that written where you can, uh, you know, go to a tree and find a rock next to the tree and lift up the rock, and it opens a secret passage where you can, <laughs> you can get around the level boss and, and go to the next level. Yeah. So an Easter egg is, is like I said, it's a, it's an unknown feature to most people, except if, if you know that it's there. Well, one of the things that they're finding is that there's these Easter eggs that are written into these voting machine <laughs> software and they can do crazy things like ignoring all Republican votes on, on a batch of ballots. When they certify voting machines, there's they, they look at the software and if there's any software on the machine that's not supposed to be there, well, in theory, those machines cannot be certified. True. But if there's hidden software 
that isn't isn't disclosed and inspectors don't find it uh, there can be software on these voting machines that'll actually you know if a, if a operator knows how how this easter egg works they can hit a key that will void all votes for republicans or void all votes for democrats or void all votes for uh, a particular position and they're finding these things out as they examine uh, these voting machines so all kinds of um little tricks that they have their sleeve i mean you can't underestimate the deep state the thing about these people uh politicians corrupt politicians is the only thing that they care about is power the, that's the only thing they care. They care about remaining in power, retaining their power by any means necessary. Yep. And, you know, if you think that the majority of politicians in Washington, D.C. have your best interest at heart, you are deceived. Uh, most of the politicians in Washington, D.C. don't care about your best interest. They care about retaining their power by any means necessary. That is why Biden's Department of Justice, injustice, I should say, um, and Merrick Garland came out with some threats towards states that are thinking about doing audits, Arizona in particular. Uh, the day that they finished up the hand count, Merrick Garland gets on the air and puts out a press release saying that they will um, investigate and prosecute anyone who engages in any kind of activity that violates federal election law. <laughs> I felt like that was a good time, man. That's all I heard when I heard when I when I saw his clip. Good timing. <laughs> good timing because that's what's going on. They're 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 panicking. Oh yeah, that is a sign of panic. Um, you know, I'm sure that Joe Biden never wanted to be the guy who got caught stealing a presidential election, but he's going to go down in history as the guy who got caught stealing a presidential election. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they stole the election. They know they stole the election and they know that the audits are going to uncover the evidence of the crime. The world knows they stole the election. Yeah. So Rasmussen put out a poll uh, on Friday for the first time ever. More than 50 percent of likely registered voters uh, or registered likely voters, I should say, uh, now believe that there was election fraud. More than 50 percent mm -hmm. in uh, on the Republican side of the ledger. It's probably about 75 percent ish. And on the Democrat side of the ledger, it's around 30 percent. So more and more people are becoming convinced that there's election fraud. And when you have a majority of the population that doesn't believe the president is a duly elected president, you've got a huge problem. And that's the problem that Biden Obama administration is running into. Um, as the election audits roll forward, as evidence comes out of fraud, as Dominion machines are, are proven through transparent audits to be fraudulent, as the ballots are proven to be fraudulent, as we find out that the many different ways in which they're rigging elections, um, more and more people are going to be convinced that Biden is not a legitimate president. And what do you do then? What do you do when the majority of the population does not believe that a president was legitimately elected? You've got a, a big problem. Yeah.
Then you end up with protests at the Capitol. I think the, the, the razor wire around the Capitol is going to have to go up again eventually. Yeah, you think so? I think so. Because when people find out that Biden and Kamala Harris stole the election, it's it's not people are not going to just sit there and take it, mm-hmm. you know, to quote D. Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not going to take it. <clears throat> and, and there's going to be ramifications. You know, like Trump said, uh, when you steal the diamonds and get caught, you have to give the diamonds back. Yeah. Uh, you don't get to keep them. And when it's proven that uh, Joe Obama stole the election, he's going to have to give it back. I think we're we're going to arrive at a point where we're going to have a constitutional crisis. That's kind of, you know, been my uh, my operating theory, and it's looking more and more likely all the time. You just look at the way the Department of Justice is now trying to threaten states who want to look into their own elections, right? Mm-hmm. So elections are administered at the state level. The federal government has no business in trying to do anything to quash election uh, integrity investigations or or audits. Uh, 10th Amendment very clearly outlines the powers that states have. Uh, Any powers that are not specifically given to the federal government are given to the states. The states have, have all the jurisdiction, all the power and authority over elections. Elections are run at the local level, they're run at the state level, and they're run at the county level. And the federal government has no say in how elections are run. If the Department of Justice or um, any federal uh, agency tries to get involved, tries to interfere in what the states are doing, they're going to have a lot of pushback. And um, that pushback could get ugly. Uh, Wendy Rogers tweeted out, <laughs> Mary Garland, Wendy Rogers is one of our state senators, and she's one of the people who's backing uh, the audits. She basically told the DOJ, if you come here to Arizona and try to touch our ballots or our voting machines, you're going to end up in, a, in an Arizona prison. Yep. Um, there, there is there's going to be um, there's going to be big problems if the federal government tries to interfere in the operation that the states have to investigate their elections. And again, it's another opportunity for a constitutional crisis. How does how does it, how does the federal government approach trying to um, take away the right of states to administer their own elections? What if Arizona Senate decides they want to decertify the election? What if the Pennsylvania state of Pennsylvania, this, the Senate, holds an audit and they find fraud and they decertify their election, mm-hmm. and then Georgia decertifies the election, and then you've got the Obama administration trying desperately to cover up the steal, then they have to try to interfere in what the states are doing with the um, with the audits. Does the Supreme Court step in at some point and, and try to resolve this? Um, because the states are eventually going to have to sue the federal government. Supreme Court is the only venue where those, those cases could be heard. Would the Supreme Court um, step in and rule against the federal government if they were stepping on, trampling on states' rights. 
I, I don't know. But this whole thing gets very messy because we've never been here before. Yeah, we are in uncharted territory in so many ways. Yes, we are. Um, everything from this point forward with the election audits and decertification is uncharted territory. We don't know what the courts are going to do. We don't know what the states are going to do. We don't know what the federal government's going to do. I suspect that Obama and Biden will try to hang on to the White House uh, by any means necessary. And and here's here's an interesting thing to consider. If let's just say um, Arizona votes, the Senate uh, votes to decertify the Biden electors that they certified in November. What happens if the Obama administration steps in and tries to interfere with that? Then you've got other states and, and their interest. Even if Texas doesn't have an issue with its election in 2020, if Texas, the attorney general, uh, looks at what's happening in Arizona, I would expect states like Texas and Florida to join lawsuits with states like Arizona in trying to fight the federal government, federal overreach. That's that's where it, this thing is going to get very messy. In the same way that I think around 18 or, or 20 states joined Texas in their lawsuit uh, at, the, at the Supreme Court, uh, you're, you're going to have states drawing lines. Some states are going to join the federal government. Some states are going to join states like Arizona who are trying to uh, decertify their elections if, if they find fraud, right? And then you've got this this rift again between the states. Like I said, I think I see this whole thing moving toward a massive constitutional crisis where states are going to be fighting the federal government. The, the courts are probably going to make a mess of it. Uh, I, I don't think this ends... Um, in a nice, tidy, neat little package. I think it's going to be a mess. And, and I think that that is the thing that is going to probably cause the military to step in. Do you think that um, this is going to happen over the summer? Part of the hot summer? Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, Doug Mastriano said that, that Pennsylvania could have an Arizona-style audit by July. If they can, if they can get key members of the Senate, they can get, get the support of the Senate body and support of the voters. They could order an audit, something like you know, on what on the level of what Arizona is doing. Mm -hmm. Mastriano has an interesting um, approach. He he proposed auditing two counties in Pennsylvania, one primarily Republican county and one Democrat county, and just seeing what happens now. Mm -hmm. Some people were uh, pushing back against that idea. They didn't like it. Uh, one of the counties proposed was Luzerne County, which which already has some problems. They've already done some investigation in Luzerne County and, and they found some problems there. But some people are uh, not happy about that option because they wanna see the fraud in Philly and Pittsburgh. Right. They would rather have the Senate audit the larger counties I think that's a that's a bad idea. Uh, I think that auditing small counties first in Pennsylvania is probably a better plan because it's going to have less pushback. Pennsylvania is a very um, it's a very polarized state, and there's a lot of uh, corruption. 
and there would be a lot of pushback in in the Senate, in the House, if they tried to audit the counties that incorporate Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. There's a lot at stake. And there's a lot of people who push back against that. But if, uh, if Mastriano says, let's just audit two small counties, let's just see, right? So I wouldn't, you call, get I wouldn't call small counties. I mean, look at Antrim County. I mean, that's a small county. Yeah, right. But I mean, we're not talking, you know, the, the large centers of population. Smaller counties where there's less at stake, there's going to be less pushback if they audit smaller counties. Yeah. And even if you believe there isn't a lot of fraud in those counties, you're going to find some fraud. And if and you find some you fraud, know, that'll that'll open the way for more investigation. Correct. If you find some fraud in smaller counties that are not as controversial, some fraud then uh, legitimizes expanding the audit. Then you go to some larger counties and you go to more counties and you go to other races. That's kind of um, similar to what is probably going to happen here in Arizona. Although the Senate here decided we're going to audit the biggest county in the state, Maricopa County, population wise. And I think that when the Senate gets its results from the audit, likely that they're going to see fraud. The Senate will then expand the audit to the entire state and all races, all the down ballot races. I think that's um, a good approach. And I think that's the approach that they should take in Pennsylvania. They should just audit a couple of counties, even if they're small ones. Um, if you find fraud, you find fraud. Then that gives you the reason to audit larger counties. So, yeah, I mean, over the summer, I think it, it, it'll uh, start rolling a little bit faster, but I think this is gonna take a while. So audits you know, don't happen overnight. Yeah. Uh, the, the audit in Maricopa County, the effort started not long after the election and here it is June yeah. and, and we're finally getting down to the, the end of, uh, the hand recount. Um, it takes a while and, oh my gosh, there was so much pushback. Arizona Senate had to go to court. They went to the Arizona Supreme Court twice to get the subpoenas for the ballots, uh, um, basically validated by the Supreme Court. Maricopa County Board of Supervisors was not going to give up those ballots. They fought this thing the whole way. Initially, um, the audit was going to happen at what they call the MECTEC, the Maricopa County Tabulation and Election Center. That's where, that's the big building where all the uh, votes, the ballots and everything are transferred in and they do the tabulations there. Uh, all the machines, the hardware is there. Um, the ballots were stored there. That's kind of the, the central hub of the elections for Maricopa County. They were initially going to do the audit there. And then the Board of Supervisors began pushing back. They said they didn't want them doing it at MECTEC. They wanted them to do it somewhere else. Um, they initially said they were going to allow inspection of the routers and all the hardware. Then they said, no, we're not going to do that. We'll disconnect the routers and we'll send them to you. And then they said, no, you're going to have to, we'll, we'll ship you the ballots and you're going to, you, you Count the ballots somewhere else. You can't do it here. This this whole process was an attempt to delay the audit, make it harder, be able to, by moving the ballots, by moving all the hardware, they could then question uh, chain of custody. And, and everything they did was an attempt to obfuscate 
and to cause problems for the people who wanted to do the audit. Um, I would imagine in Pennsylvania and Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, they're going to have the same problems. They're going to have people involved in the election process who are not going to want to cooperate with the, with the audit. I imagine Michigan's going to be a huge nightmare. Michigan's got to be a nightmare. There's so much corruption there. Uh, even the Republicans aren't very hip to doing uh, an audit because, you know, a lot of them are, they're compromised. But, um, you know, it, the, we the people uh, are going to get this done. Uh, we the people, as we get on the phone, call our legislators, uh, make their life miserable until, <laughs> until they cry uncle and say, all right, all right, we'll look at doing an audit. The reason why we got the audit here in Maricopa County is because a bunch of us were calling and emailing our representatives by the thousands every week. And they finally said, okay, we hear you. We'll, we'll, we'll do the audit. And that's how it happens. Politicians aren't going to willingly inspect their own process, the process by which they get elected. They're not going to do that on their own volition. They're only going to do it if millions of us average people uh, hold their feet to the fire and demand that they look at the election process. And we're really good at making phone calls and writing in letters. I mean, I, I've seen what we've done on a small scale just through the broadcast. Yeah. You know, and pretty soon with CloudHub, you're going to be able to write right, right to your representatives right from the platform, too. If the tools develop the way Jeff has them planned, it's going to be a really nice platform for contacting elected leaders directly right on the platform. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what happens to CloudHub in the next month or two. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jason Miller is dropping, dropping some hints. And uh, basically saying that YouTube is going to become irrelevant at some point. Uh, well, most of I, us I, think it's I, irrelevant now, so. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it kind of is, you know. Like, if you still have a YouTube account in 2021, you're probably not a threat to the establishment. Yeah. Uh, same thing with Twitter. If you have a, if you have a Twitter account and, and you're still there and they let you stay on there, you might want to ask if you're really a threat to the establishment. Although uh, I will say one thing, Blueprint, uh, one of my buddies who does, uh, he's been doing threads for a long time, a lot of Q threads. He still has a Twitter account. I don't know how he has per avoided being banned by Twitter. Yeah. Um, and I, Blueprint, uh, I hope this doesn't get your account banned. <laughs> but, <laughs> He's like, but oh, he's great. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, he's still there. And at least until Jack Dorsey finds out that I said he's still there, and then he'll be, he'll be uh, booted and he'll have to come to Telegram or Cloud. I got my second warning on Facebook today, my, my two week old account. You know, I got a grudge oh, yeah. match. You know, yeah, I got, yeah. I got another warning today. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be uh, Greg Harvey the fifth here pretty soon. <laughs> Greg Harvey the fifth. Uh, I'm pretty much done with Facebook. Yeah. Um, I, I won't I, relent, I man. I just keep going. I just ship post in the morning yeah. and then go back at night and see how I did. This and morning, I, I, I saw that. how I did uh, right away. It was like as soon as I put it up there, instantly, instantly checked. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I respect you for, for being willing to wage war. Some people are called and uh, they have an anointing to wage the war on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on those platforms. Not everyone does. Uh, it, it's not a you know cookie cutter thing. It's not a one size fits all. Some of us are definitely called uh, to wage warfare on other platforms. Some people have a grace to continue waging the war on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And, and to those people, I say, bless you. Uh, keep waging the war. Keep getting your message out there. If they, yeah. if they let you stay on the platform, do do what you can. Uh, well, when I got the, some of the normies and stuff over there, you know, and I hate to use that word normies, you know, you know, but like, like people legit, like they they look at my feed like a like a newsweek because I mean I haven't used it for personal stuff and and forever. So like when I get taken down, they're like, oh my gosh, oh yeah, oh, thanks for coming back, you know. Yeah, the normies need true information. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of normies on Facebook, and yeah. I like the term normies. Yeah, um, my 73 year old mother in law has a Facebook account. I mean, everybody's over there. You know, why wouldn't you be trying to trying to use it? I know a lot of people are like oh, Facebook and all that, and, but I've always been like, even Jeff. You know, I can't tell you how many times Jeff's like, just stay off of it, and I'm like, but no, it's a grudge match. I'm gonna just keep going back and back and back. If if Facebook will let you post there, stay there. Yeah. Uh, when I got booted off of uh, Facebook, Facebook, I I've had I think four or five pages, and they just kept taking them down. Yeah. Um, Twitter, same thing. I tried to create new Twitter accounts. I tried four or five times. Every time I created a new Twitter account, boom, they took it down. Okay. So it's really hard for me to um, have any kind of presence on any of those platforms. YouTube, same thing. I, had I can't, a bunch I can't of, even use YouTube. I can't use some Google, some Google uh, services. I go to them and it's unable to use this Google product. Yeah, I mean, I'm like bam, bam. Um, I, I had three backup YouTube accounts where I had my Q videos posted. They all got blown up. They have uh, ways to find out if you're creating multiple accounts, uh, and so yeah. I've I've given up the battle on those platforms. Um, God has definitely called me to work on alternate platforms like Gab, CloudHub, and Telegram. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's where I'm I'm working right now. CloudHub's going to be amazing here. You know, not to not to sing the praises of CloudHub all the time, but I love it. Um, you know, it's like some of the ways that the the new meeting capabilities that they're going to have, the way we can interact. Uh, the way we're going to be able to, to get right a hold of our representatives. There's, there's a lot more tools that are coming as opposed to like just a social media platform. Where, oh, yeah, I'm going to make my post and, you know, maybe it'll stay up, maybe it won't. I mean, we're actually going to have a, a set of tools that's never been available to us in one place before. Yeah, that's what I like about CloudHub is it, it has the tools of a lot of other platforms all in one place. Mm -hmm. uh, if and when they enable every user to do to go live to do live streaming that is huge and right now on facebook anyone who wants can do a live broadcast but there are very few platforms that allow you to do live streaming because live streaming video is expensive but cloud hub is going to jeff has a plan to allow everybody to do live streaming video if they want to yeah which to me that's that's 
that is a huge benefit. Uh, people really like uh, live video. Plus, CloudHub has all the groups uh, like Facebook does. You can actually send direct messages, unlike Gab and Parler. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think CloudHub has massive potential. If they can roll out the tools and you know, avoid the pitfalls that other programs, other uh, other platforms have had. CloudHub can really be a game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Jeff's doing these Q and A Fridays now. Um, you know, and and I love to just see the joy in his face as he's talking about these things because they're starting to come to fruition. You know, we've been talking about this stuff for a while. You know, so it's yeah. nice to see these things on the verge of rolling out. Did you do a broadcast with him on Friday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Any, uh, I didn't catch it. Any new th new news that uh, you can share? Um, other than the fact that it looks like Trump's not coming. It looks like Trump's not coming. Not coming. Okay. Yeah, that was the that was the Jason Miller thing. Jason Miller, he's now the CEO of a new platform. So <laughs> we broke that on Friday night. But you know, to me. You know, what they're looking at doing is like a Twitter replacement, and they're supposed to have this done within the next two months. I mean, we know just, just the streaming side of, of what goes into a platform behind the scenes. There's no way they're going to have anything to compete with CloudHub. Yeah. Well, when I saw Jason Miller's announcement that he was leaving uh, as a Trump advisor and was going to be the CEO of a tech company, I that you know, that kind of hit me like, okay, well then that sounds like they're going to try to start up their own social media platform. Mm -hmm. well, I wish them luck. Good luck. I don't if want to... they're starting now, <laughs> man, that's going to be, that's going to be a, a very tough uh, assignment. Well, we've been with Jeff for a year. Just think about all the changes and all the things that we've, we've been up against and seen, you know, Jeff having to handle over the last year. You know, yeah. and you think you're going to have something in two months. Uh, I mean, I wish you well, but. Yeah. Well, a lot of other companies have tried to do it mm -hmm. uh, with mostly poor success. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to put together a high functioning, easy to use, enjoyable platform uh, in, in a couple of months. No. Uh, so, you know, I, I wish him well. Definitely not anything with all the features that we have. Yeah. When you start talking about integrating video hosting and live streaming and groups. The meeting platforms. You can have up yeah. to 100 million, uh, 100 million people on the oh, platform. Oh, yeah. Hosting, you know, one or 200 million users. Uh, that That is a, an expensive proposition. It's also, um, from a technical aspect, it's... Um, not easy. So, I, like I said, I, I wish them well. I hope, I hope they're able to do it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think CloudHub is going to be amazing. I think, uh, you know, and who knows? Maybe it's, it's some fake news or, I mean, I know inside. I mean, it's not fake news, but, I mean, maybe they, like, oh, seen the air of our ways. We're coming back. What happened with Parler um, happens to a lot of companies at social media companies that start up. They start out, have a good thing, have a lot of people join, it's very popular for a while, and then they run into uh, problems. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have content moderation, so the app gets yanked from the Play Store and the App Store, and now most of the people aren't able to use it because 
you know, they're not going to use a web-based version. They want an app. Yeah. Or you have hosting issues. Or if you don't encrypt your data correctly, your data gets hacked. There's all kinds of issues and problems and pitfalls out there for social media companies. <clears throat> As Jeff with CloudHub has found out, uh, yeah. he's managed to negotiate the minefield pretty well. Uh, other other platforms have not uh, done so well with those minefields. And he's done it without taking a knee to him as well. And he has done it without uh, without caving in on, on principles. Yeah. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what Jason Miller comes up with. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's functional, and if it uh, offers free speech, and if it offers a place for a lot of us to to gather, great. I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, we all have more than one social media platform anyway. Yeah. It's uh, it's good to be on more than one platform. But I know uh, POTUS loved CloudHub. I mean, he said it was the best out there. I, I know all of them were, were going through it, and, you know, they loved it. So, you know. Well, for Trump, it usually comes down to an issue of control. Mm -hmm. He's kind of a control freak. Yeah. Uh, most Hence billionaires the reason are. why he put his guy in as CEO of a new tech company. Yeah, most billionaires are, con the reason that they're billionaires is they know that having control over certain parts of the process is essential. That's how you become a billionaire. Mm -hmm. You control certain things and you run certain things a certain way according to your um, your sensibilities and, and your vision. And that's how you become successful. Yeah. I think the reason why Trump not, did not go to Parler and Gab, and I think we have this confirmed from the CEOs, is that they wouldn't give control to Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, they wouldn't give him the level of control that he wanted. I'm pretty sure Jeff had the same issue. Uh, Trump's and his people probably wanted a little bit more control over the platform. And Jeff probably said, um, you're not going to get control of my platform because it's my platform. Yeah. Uh, so that may have been the deal breaker where if he goes out with Jason Miller and his team, they can create the platform and they can have control over it. Yeah. Uh, I, I said, I don't, I don't know for a fact, but I suspect that's probably the issue. Um, so you know, like I said, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I know one thing, though. CloudHub's going to be a major force to be reckoned with. I mean, as we're rolling out these updates this week, next week, the following <laughs> week, there's a lot of good things that are coming. So, you know, God bless them. You know, I don't want to speak bad about it, but, you know, I just have to wait and see what happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think people are just, mo you know, uh, we're going to go wherever President Trump is. I mean, that, that's just obvious. You know, happy birthday today, by the way, too, sir, if you're watching this. Um, but, you know, we're, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to, I doubt it, but you never know. Uh, you know, we're going to go wherever he is. But I think a lot of people, especially with the changes that we've been working on there, getting ready to roll out, I, I think people are going to really love what CloudHub has. So, Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, the, the news that um, Trump is not has not committed to coming to CloudHub, and that Jason Miller is looking at you know um, that having them build up their own platform. 
that dream that I had about CloudHub last week, that kind of explains the dream. Because in the dream, I saw, um, I saw, like I said, it was a conceptual dream. And the idea was that people were trying to find out if CloudHub attained the goal that they were trying to attain. And there was a lot of indecision uh, and people couldn't really tell if CloudHub had managed to attain that goal. Hmm. It, took a, it took a long period of time, but I could see that they actually did attain one of the goals that they were trying to attain, although I don't think it was the same goal that everyone else was looking for. So um, I, I think I think that dream kind of... Um, conveyed the the message to me that CloudHub is going to be successful in ways that people don't anticipate. And it's going to take a little bit longer uh, for for the um, for the results to be to be made plain to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I didn't I didn't get a, a really positive like you know, oh, Trump's going to join CloudHub from the dream. I, I got a kind of a just have a wait and see attitude and watch what happens. Um, so you know, that's my attitude on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I have trained. a lot of patience. We've been trained. We've definitely been trained in patience. Oh man, <sighs> uh, if, if if this war over the last six months hasn't given you some patience you missed an important lesson because this is a, this is a really good time to develop patience um, and, and develop the long game. Uh, it, it, it's all about the long game, you know, uh, headlines come and go, news comes and goes, you know, people report things, but it really does pay to look at, look th- at things from a long term perspective from the big picture. Um, and, and realize that that the big picture doesn't change as quickly as the headlines do. Yeah. The big picture takes a long time to change, but it conveys a greater truth than the daily headlines that, that pop up and people share on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend not to be moved much by the daily news. I tend to try to stay uh, keep my eyes focused on the big picture, especially things that God's showing me. That's one of the things I love about, you know, hanging with you these last few years is you've, uh, you've really worked with me personally <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, learning a lot from you and, and other people, CJ truth, X 22, you know, all these people, you know, to keep the main thing, the main thing, there's all these little rabbit trails and all these other things going on. But if we can keep our main focus on the main thing, you know, then it goes so much easier. And you start to see what these little rabbit trails and things are for as well. So, yeah. And, you know, uh, if you run down enough rabbit trails over the course of several years, uh, eventually you're, you're going to learn that a lot of these rabbit trails are not worth pursuing. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's not a lot of fruit at the end of those rabbit trails. Sometimes there is. Most of the time there isn't. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Focusing on the big picture, keeping the big picture in mind, I think uh, keeps you steady. You know, I see a lot of people commenting, 
on, on Telegram and CloudHub and Gab, um, I see these comments all the time. Um, I'm afraid. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. People tend to be worried and concerned. I think mostly because they're not keeping their eyes on the big picture. Mm -hmm. I think that if you're worried, if you're anxious, if, you, if you're concerned on, on a regular basis, it's because um, you're, it's like you're in a boat and, and you're in a boat in uh, where, where the waves are huge. And when you're in 30, 40 foot waves in a boat, every time the boat goes up a big wave, uh, people tend to freak out. And then you hit the peak and then you start coming down the other side of the wave. And there's another emotional reaction. And then you go up another wave and an there's another emotional reaction. Mm -hmm. And then you go down and you go up and you go down. And that's kind of how some people's lives are. Their lives go up and down based on the daily news, based on, you know, what the media says today about Trump, what some person, you know, on, on YouTube says is going to happen or isn't going to happen. If you'll let God show you the big plan, the big picture, you can look at the big picture and know that everything in the large picture is going to be okay. Then the minutia, the small details of daily daily news, daily headlines, reports, and things. They don't really bother you. They don't give you hope. You don't get your hope from the small daily headlines. You get your hope from the big picture, which God, which God gives us. God gives us his view. He shows us his plan. He shows us that this is all going to work out okay. And once you realize that everything's going to work out okay, you're not depending on other people to make you feel okay on a daily basis. Like I have to have information from this person to make me feel okay. Mm -hmm. Look at the big picture. God will show you it and he'll let you know everything's gonna be okay. And then just rest in that. Rest knowing that in the big picture, everything's gonna be okay. The rest of it is just details. And some days are gonna get good news. Some days are gonna get bad news, but you're not gonna be tossed about uh, by the news. Yeah. It, it puts me, at rest and it helps me focus and concentrate on the things that are important. Uh, just knowing that uh, we have a really good future ahead of us, a positive future. And, and I don't, <laughs> I don't need all these people on YouTube telling me that, you know, this is going to happen on this day and this is going to happen on it. I don't need that stuff. God's well, already showed me that everything's going to work out. Well, and it goes back to like what Q said too, you know, he's like, you know, be careful who you follow. You know, and it's like I, I've noticed, but, you know, I had already stopped watching mainstream media, Fox, all that stuff, you know, but after the election, just like completely, that's it. I won't give them a click anymore, you know, and it, like I got away from Twitter, you know, I don't go there anymore. You know, I've got my channels that I follow over on Telegram and like I've, I've stopped looking on all these other places and I've, I've tuned it down to the ones that I trust and, and you know. I don't get swayed by what comes out, you know, kind of like what you're saying. I think it's like when there's so many things out there that are just coming at you and you just you want to find an answer so bad. I mean, you're going you're gonna to go find it or you can sit back and you can take the information from people that you actually trust and you see the things that come out. And then you do that thing like, you know, thinking for yourself and <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, it's not it's not like praying medic has all the answers or CJ truth or red pill or X-22. 
But if you take and you listen to people that you trust that have that have track record proven along the time, you know what they're saying and and focus in on these things. You don't need all that other garbage. You don't need all that other stuff. And you take a little bit of everything and then you make up your own mind. I, I've yep. never been more comfy AF than I really have been, you know, especially this year since after January because it's kind of like the news cycle. Remember how fast the news cycle was? I mean, from like morning to night. And now it's a little bit slower. You have a little bit more time to kind of watch these things, but it's also kind of shine through the the truth a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, just think back for over the last six months, from the time of the election until today, if you had to look back at the last six months and encapsulate the entire time span in one paragraph, let's say you're going to write five or six sentences and encapsulate that entire last seven months of news in one paragraph, how would you characterize the entire span of news over the last seven months in one paragraph? Generally, you're going to look back at it and go, well, things looked really bad for a couple of months, and then gradually they started looking better, and, and then we started to see that Oh, it looks like Trump actually had a plan here. And now there's all these things happening with, you know, that are exposing fraud and it looks like we're going to, we're going to have a good outcome. Okay. Right. So if you, if you would summarize seven months of news that way, that is, um, that's a positive outlook. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go back and look at the news and people's attitudes and responses to the news every day for the last seven months, it's like this. Yeah. And in fact, it's a lot of this. It's a lot of it's a lot of this for the first three or four months. It's all downhill. Yeah. It's all bad news. Um, broken hearts, broken expectations, promises unfulfilled, uh, predictions unfulfilled. It's a lot of bad news. Yeah. And then in the last couple of months, it turns positive and it's and it's more good news. Um, if you want to be on the rocky, bumpy, up and down slope uh, of you know being jerked around by good and bad news every day. You can go ahead and do that, or you can look at the big picture and just encapsulate things. Six months. If you just wait six months, you'll see that things are going to turn out okay. Yeah. You don't have to freak out every day, yeah. right? Six, six. That six to seven month time period in our history has proven that you don't have to freak out over all the bad news that comes over the course of a month or two. Because if you just wait and be patient and look at the big picture, it's going to turn positive at some point in time. And it always, it always does because good Nothing can always, stop what's coming. <laughs> good always wins over evil. Yeah, that's true. Always. Evil is never going to win out because um, the devil is arrogant and proud. He always overplays his hand. There are more good people than bad. Uh, and it is just the nature of evil to lose in the end. <laughs> That's just the, this is the way it is. Yeah. Like Evil may, may look like it's winning on a daily basis because no one's been arrested and there's no prosecution and they keep getting away. Yeah. Well, okay, that's the short-term picture. Long-term picture, those people are going to be arrested. They're going to be prosecuted. They're all going to go to Gitmo and, and other mm -hmm. um, 
facilities. Yeah. Just wait. Yeah, they didn't amp that place up for no reason. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen in the time frame we want it to happen, but it is going to happen. But, you know, here's the thing. Like, they may not be wearing the silver handcuffs today, but they're being arrested every freaking day. I mean, there are more and more out there. I mean, <laughs> look at what's happening over at the G7 right now. I mean, like, it's been nice for six months. We haven't had to red pill as hard because the Biden administration and Kamala and all of them and even Garland the other day. I mean, they're all red pilling the the normies and the american people the people of the world really on a daily basis it just it depends yeah on if, if you're it's not for fauci it. and his emails or <laughs> you know, people finding out that adam schiff and uh swalwell were under investigation yeah <laughs> for the last four years or joe biden making an absolute mess uh of the g7 thing it's like yeah it's people are getting beautiful. red pilled every single day because these people are not just evil, they're stupid. Yeah. And, and, and they're, they just, they can't help but expose their own incompetence and corruption. And I'm just sitting back laughing, eating the popcorn and having a good time. Because yeah. I know eventually uh, their little play is going to come to an end. Yeah. Quit looking for the end game so much, man. Enjoy this new season, you know? <laughs> So what do you got coming up this week? I know you did a Supernatural Saturday over the weekend. You got anything yep. more coming up this week? You got any interviews yep. or anything? Yeah, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Dave, X-22. I'm not interviewing him. He's interviewing me. Nice. On Wednesday. And so that spotlight will probably be up either Friday or Saturday. Nice. Was it your third time, fourth time with Dave? Oh, I, I lost track. I've been on yeah. with Dave a bunch of times. Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping this time. He'll ask me some questions about uh, the reset and the financial markets and stuff. We always talk about uh, geopolitics and Q and all of that, but there's some interesting stuff happening in the financial markets. And maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Maybe we won't. It's up to him uh, what, what he decides he wants to talk about. But yeah, that'll be, we're doing that interview on Wednesday. Nice. And let's see. I'm going to try to get some more work done on this pesky dream book. Uh, but it's difficult because when when news is breaking, I try to keep up on it and post it on social media. Uh, but I'm going to try to get back into the dream book and get that dictionary finished up. Nice, nice. How, we'll see how what, what letter are you on? Pray for me. What letter are you on? Uh, I am on L. Okay, so last time we checked, I think you were on like G or H or G. Yeah, yeah, I've made a little bit of progress, not a lot, not as much as I'd like to. Thank you so much for everything you do for us. Thank you for everything you do for me. Thank you for the prayers and uh, for letting me come on your show and uh, ramble. <laughs> uh, dude, I love it. I love Medic Mondays. So next week you're gonna have to do all the talking though, because I'm pretty sure I'll be wiped out from Tampa. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. I can hold my own for about an hour. Yeah. All right. Hey, I just, I just, hey, everybody, it's Dave. And then I'm like, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, God bless you, Dave. Thanks so much for being here. Happy birthday, President Trump. And um, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning, 930 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So...